It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Cronin, Harry Douglas, kicking it with you on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the morning after Christmas. ESPN Radio, ESPN 2, also on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm about to ask you this question. Your pockets feeling lighter this morning, Harry, after all the presents you got for your kids and your wife yesterday? <laughs> yep, we went over budget. <laughs> how much? Can, can I ask by how much we you went over budget? budget? No, 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 no. We went over budget, though. <laughs> But it's for a great reason. Great cause. Um, I actually donated a lot. My foundation, we had our Christmas event where we got gave about 300 kids, you know, toys, bikes, uh, fed the families as well. Had a dance contest, man, for the kids. And it was just unbelievable. I do it in my hometown team. It was a 14th annual um, holiday treat for the Douglas Brothers Foundation. Me and my brother uh, co-founded it uh, back in 2009. So I'm not a guy that really likes, you know, receiving gifts. I've never been that way. Uh, but I do like to give. And, and make sure a lot of other people, you know, have. Okay, so for your two kids, what were their favorite gifts that you got them? Honestly, I would have to say their bunk beds. Okay, so they each um, they, they each got really a set of bunk, bunk beds. beds. They each got a set of bunk beds. Is it? Are they no, no, themed a, like race car uh, bed? Uh, we, we put it in one room. Okay. No, it's it's like um, it's some crazy design. They have a little ladder and whatnot, but. I'm nervous because my kids are very aggressive and, you know, they fight a lot and have fun and play around. And my son's already jumping off the top bunk. And I'm like, son, you just you got to calm down. You got to relax. At some point, you know, the Kevin Hart stand up comedy when he says his daughter and somebody went overboard. At some point, I think somebody's going to go overboard. I just don't know who it's going to be. Just make sure that you've got soft carpet on the bottom to uh, prevent any sort of injuries from falling off the top bunk. (laughs) We've all we've all been there. Uh, I don't know if Rex Ryan. Ryan's been there, ESPN NFL analyst, but he joins us here now on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas sitting in for the guys. Rex, when we take a look at this Dallas Cowboys team, the way they were able to rally in this shootout against the Philadelphia Eagles, does the win give you more confidence in the, in the Cowboys at this point, or do you still have questions about them? No, I definitely have questions about them, Courtney. It's, uh, look, it's a good win. Um, you know, and they, they force, you know, what, four turnovers or something like that. So it's a huge win for Dallas. Uh, they certainly feel good about it. The fan base is excited about it. But really looking at that game, no, no. I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely – I feel exactly about Dallas as, as, as I did. I actually picked them in this game. Uh, because you're going against a backup quarterback, and Gardner Minshew is not Jalen Hurts, and uh, their offense is not the same when when uh, Jalen Hurts is not in there. Um, so I was surprised actually that Philadelphia moved the ball as efficiently as they did. They had almost 450 yards against this bonded Cowboy defense. So to me, I still have my my doubts about Dallas, 
But at the same time, it is a big win. It's going to give that fan base a bunch of hope and all that. But at the end of the day, uh, they don't want anything to do with Philadelphia. Yeah, Rex, I told Courtney that if Jalen Hurts plays in that football game, because one of the things I thought the Philadelphia Eagles didn't do a great job of is rushing the football, especially those QB run, those QB design runs. Uh, Gardner Minshew times trying to scramble, and that Dallas Cowboys defense is just way more athletic than Gardner Minshew is. But the main thing I wanted to ask you about was the Miami Dolphins yesterday, right? They laid an egg to a tongue of a lower, three interceptions in the second half and the fourth quarter to be exact. With them losing, who is the team that can potentially take their spot? You have the New England Patriots, who's on the outside looking in. You have the Jets, you have the Titans, and you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. So in your eyes, who do you think can take that final playoff spot? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like like Miami will still find a way to get in, but they're going to back in. That, that's kind of how I feel uh, this thing's going. But if I'm going to take a team, that could possibly upset it and and find a way to get in. I'm going to take the New York Jets. That's who I'm taking. And granted, I know they got to win both their games, but I think the Jets can beat Seattle, and I think they can they can go in and beat Miami. So that's the team. I think their defense, the Jets' defense, is going to going to give them an opportunity in both of those games. So let me take the Jets, and of course. You know, I'm a homer there. I'm going to pull for the Jets. But at the same time, I truly believe in them. And all of that would hinge on Mike White being healthy enough to play. At least that's what we expect for the New York Jets here down the stretch of the season. We're talking with Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. So on that note, we're a couple days removed from the loss that they sustained to the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night football. That's a game where Zach Wilson yet again gets benched. Now, as we go through this and realize this is something that's happened twice now, can the Jets cut him? Like, is there any possible way after this season that they're able to part ways with this quarterback who was taken second overall and just move forward with a clean slate and a new set of quarterbacks? Maybe they find one in free agency. Maybe they think Mike White, White is that guy going forward. But can they go into 2023 where Zach Wilson's not part of their plans? I think they can. Um, and the reason I say that is, look, they there may be an opportunity to move this guy. There may be some belief that, you know, from another team that uh, that feels this guy just needs a new start somewhere. And uh, that that might be the that might be the case. But I, I definitely think that the Jets are they got to, you know, uh, hedge their bet. They, you know, they were all in on this kid early and I get it when you draft somebody this high, but he's done nothing to, to, to show that he is that guy moving forward. And, and I can, I can definitely see the, uh, the, the uh, jets hedging their bet here a little bit. San Francisco 49ers, they just continue to win and look dominant while doing it. Should the 49ers keep starting Brock Purdy? If Jimmy Garoppolo is back healthy for their team? Oh, that's a great question. I think sometimes you got to ride the hot hand. And, um, you, you know, just assuming that Jimmy G is going to be, you know, healthy enough to, to win the job back, I think is a big assumption. You know, I, I think if uh, if you got everything rolling right now, you know, with, with Brock Purdy, I think that's the way you'll go. Um, 
you know, it, it is different, obviously. Look, if, if Jimmy G is really healthy, then I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. But if Brock Purdy keeps continuing to, you know, to play this way, I don't see you moving on from him. Rex, I've got two AFC South questions for you before I let you go. The first one, can the Jaguars make a playoff run after overtaking the top spot in the AFC South? Right now they're the number four seed. Well, yeah, I mean, they can obviously win their division. Um, and right now they're they're a scary football team. We saw them against Dallas. We saw them, you know, uh, dismantle some teams. They're hot, you know. I think everybody wants to say, yeah, well, they got they get destroyed by the Lions. That's true. But other than that, they played extremely well the last, you know, uh, two months of the season here. So, um, without question, they, they look like the team that's going to win that division. I don't think there's any question about that. And how far they can go in the playoffs, I'm not sure. You got a, you've got a, uh, uh, a head coach that's been there and done it, and right now your quarterback's hot. And I think that's, that's the key. This guy is, is playing phenomenally well right now. So, you know, I wouldn't want to play him, that, that's for sure. All right, and then following up with this, the Houston Texans won their second game over the weekend against the Tennessee Titans team that did not have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback due to injury. And they've been playing teams tough the last couple weeks. They took Dallas down to the wire. It was overtime with the Kansas City Chiefs. They haven't quit on Lovey Smith. So as you look at this team down the stretch of this season where they've got Jacksonville and they've got Indianapolis. Right now, they're in play for the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft. Is there a chance that we'll end up seeing that spot go to the Chicago Bears considering they have Detroit and Minnesota to end the season and that that tiebreaker would actually give Houston the larger winning percentage uh, when it's at the, at the end of the 2022 regular season? Like, How do you see that? One number one spot playing oh. out. <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting. Um, I think if if I'm a Houston Texan fan, I I feel great that my team's being competitive and playing well. But don't you dare give up that first pick. Don't you dare give that up. You know we've had a bad year already. But no, uh, we, we you know they they can't do that because they need that first pick. They need to get the guy right. That you know the quarterback and. As much as you know, I've been impressed with with uh, the job that the you know the Texans have done, and they they certainly haven't let go of that rope. I don't want it. If I'm a fan of the Texans, I, I don't want it. I, I, I want that first pick, and uh, and then give us a chance to get the quarterback right. And if there's somebody out there that's that's clearly the guy, that that's what I want. Um, but at the end of the day, Lovey Smith and company don't care. <laughs> they're going to sit back and they're going to try to win games now. And uh, they know what this league's all about, that you know teams can say the right thing. But at the end of the day, they're going to judge you on your record. So Lovey Smith and company are going to keep firing and, and, and uh, doing what they can to win these games. But if I'm a fan of of the Texans, like I say, I, I don't want to see it. Yeah, there could be some jockeying of draft positioning here the final two weeks of the regular season for two teams that are currently in the first and second spot in the NFL draft order for 2023. He is Rex Ryan, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Always a pleasure, Rex. Thanks for the time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.
All right, coming up next, Harry's biggest takeaways from the weekend. I have no direction when we're going with these, so it could be a wild one. That's coming up next here on KJM on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. John is off today, but you've got Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas hanging out with you here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and live on ESPN2. So we're going to call these HD's observations, which are brought to you by GEICO. Switch to GEICO today and see all the ways that you could save. Harry Douglas, the floor is yours. Where we start? Number one. Number one, uh, for me, the New England Patriots, we seen a meltdown letdown a week ago against the, you know, Las Vegas Raiders out there. When you have the lateral, you have the coaches calling a draw play on the last play of the game, not to take a knee, only to go into this week with the opportunity to knock off the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the hottest teams in the National Football League currently at the moment. But their running back, Stevenson, fumbles the football inside the tight red zone. Like, you can't make this up. And it's just so 
unbuilt Belichick, unpatriotic. Like it's it's not what we have been accustomed to seeing from the New England Patriots over the years. But I think reality has to start sinking in for every everyone for them to start realizing this isn't the New England Patriots football team that we've seen when Tom Brady was the quarterback there. You see a lot of mistakes. You see uh, punts getting blocked. You see special teams having uh, mess ups. You see the offensive line not blocking. You see the quarterback play not being good. You see coaches doing some questionable things. All of these things across the board for the New England Patriots, but the main thing today is that they found another way to lose a football game that they potentially could have won after being down 22 to 0 court. That's my number one. Number two. Number two, the Minnesota Vikings. And although I think this football team is not going to have a long stay in the playoffs, they are finding ways to win football games. They're 11-0 in one-score games. And I got to give a lot of credit to Greg Joseph because this man has won the Minnesota Vikings multiple games. I think it's been five times where uh, with one minute left in overtime or one minute left in the end of the fourth quarter that he has put his team ahead in games. And I know the Minnesota Vikings at this moment right now are glad that he's on their team and not anyone else and is going against them and hitting game-winning field goals against the Minnesota Vikings. So I just say the Vikings in in totality, Kevin O'Connell's doing a phenomenal job with this football team. They're finding ways to win even though their defense has been questionable all year and give up a lot of yardage and give up points or whatnot. They, They found out a way to win. And Justin Jefferson has been phenomenal. He's been the best wide receiver in the National Football League. But then TJ Hawkinson. I don't know what the Detroit Lions were thinking trading him away to the Minnesota Vikings, but Kirk Cousins also has a, another weapon that he loves to utilize and go to. So that's my number two. Number three. Number three, the Detroit Lions. They lack physicality. And I know at one point we heard, you know, Dan Campbell saying we're going to bite kneecaps. Well, I think their kneecaps were bitten off by the Carolina Panthers in their run game. Between Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, this team, the Carolina Panthers, rushed for 320 yards and three touchdowns. And they're still in the playoff hunt right now. Steve Wilkes, you got to give him a lot of credit. The Steve Wilkes that, you know, the Arizona Cardinals fired at the one year has gathered this football team together and figured out a way to be competitive and win football games to the simple fact that all they have to do now is win the rest of their games and they're going to be into the playoffs because they were on the tiebreaker over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Detroit Lions lacking physicality and the Carolina Panthers doing a great job is my number three. Number four. Number four, my Tennessee Titans. And yes, I played there for three years, but y'all know I got to keep things real. They started the season seven and three, right? After beating the Green Bay Packers uh, in primetime football, they have lost five straight. And it all started, you know, with the offensive coordinator Todd Downing, you know, getting the DUI after that game. And then they lost in a deciding factor against the Philadelphia Eagles. And A.J. Brown had that game. And then you've seen the fire of the firing of John Robinson the the general manager, but also they have injuries. You know, the quarterback position, Ryan Tannehill, isn't able to play. And then the secondary hasn't been good. The Tennessee Titans have given the Jacksonville Jaguars some leeway to the point that where now Jacksonville leads that division and the Tennessee Titans are going to be fighting for their lives to make the playoffs at the end of the year. So that's my number four. Number five. 
Number five, the San Francisco 49ers. They continue to roll. Uh, Brock Purdy has been phenomenal. Uh, 15 to 22, 234 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. The one interception is not his fault. That's on Jennings. He has to catch that football. You know, tips and overthrows. Ball hit him right in the stomach. Popped up and the Washington Commanders intercepted it. But you, you see the way, you know, Brock Purdy has been able to orchestrate from the pocket on the move. He's running the Kyle Shanahan offense to a T. George Kittle was phenomenal. The supporting cast has been really been supporting him. Six receptions, 120 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk had a big day, but that run game was able to, you know, go under 153 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So the San Francisco 49ers is a team last year around this time that no one wanted to play. I think right about now the San Francisco 49ers are, are, are that same team that no one wants to play. And if you match up with them, you better buckle your chin strap and bring your hard hat and your lunch pail because they're coming. Trust me. Those are my, my observations from this weekend. All right. Those are Harry Douglas's observations from week 16 of the NFL slate. Courtney Crone and Harry Douglas sitting in for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. There were a couple things that stood out to me from what you mentioned, and the one I really wanted to get into was that physicality or the lack thereof that the Detroit Lions did not play with in that loss. And, I mean, you hear – Dan Campbell following the game going up to Steve Wilkes saying that they got their butts handed to them and that was a really good job. I'm obviously paraphrasing here because this is a family show, but what the one thing that really stood out to me was what Chuba Hubbard had to say following his incredible rushing you know, game. Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard both exceeding 100 yards rushing in the first half alone as the Panthers build a 24-7 to lead. And he said that they pride themselves on wearing on a team, and when it gets cold out there like this, quote, not too many people want to get hit or do any tackling, and that definitely showed, end quote. So I think it's pretty obvious that in the coldest game ever played, Harry, at Bank of America Stadium, what the real reason was behind the lack of physicality for this Detroit team. Now, I don't fault teams for playing indoors. Personally, I think football is an indoor sport. I know that's a topic of uh, conversation that's pretty controversial, but it's very clear that fighting these elements is something that a lot of players did not want to have anything to do with, which is why you see this uh, this Carolina team, a spot that they're in right now, potentially for the top seed in the NFC South, putting up career career numbers in the running game. Yeah, and, and if you can have your run game travel to the playoffs, it says big things. We look at the Tennessee Titans over the years with Derrick Henry and, you know, when it's cold out and how his big body goes to, go to bruising people. Deontay uh, Foreman was actually with the Titans last year and did a phenomenal job when Derrick Henry was out. But now they have a two-headed monster. And who would have thought that this team would be here at this moment right now? Number one, they fired the head coach in Matt Rule, who is now at Nebraska. But not only that, they traded Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. So I think Steve Wilkes has done an unbelievable job, and he's actually shown a lot of people that he deserves to be a head coach in the National Football League. And if I'm the Carolina Panthers, um, after this season, I'm uh, I'm really considering him being my head coach. Now, they're going to have to figure some things out, quarterback position, um, you know, offensive coordinator, what they want to do there or whatnot. But DJ Moore had a nice game as well. And Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. Let's talk about Sam Darnold, a guy who at one point we said, uh, he said, seen ghosts on a football game uh, playing in a national football game on national TV. He didn't have any turnovers yesterday. You know, coming into this season, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold were one and two, I think, since 2018 and turning the football over uh, uh, respectfully. 
But Sam Darnold did a phenomenal job delivering the football and then handed it off when he needed to hand it off in that offensive line in which they revamped this season because that offensive line was atrocious last year. But they revamped that offensive line this year and those guys are really starting to gel at the right time. A career-high franchise record, 320 rushing yards on Saturday in that win over the Detroit Lions. And to your point, Steve Wilkes has absolutely played his way into earning a true interview for a fair shot to become the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Real quick, I wanted to touch on what you said about Greg Joseph and a 61-yard field goal that he made. As time expired, they thought that game might go to overtime. Greg Joseph said, absolutely not. I've got this. And the thing is, when you look at what what he's done this season he's missed five kicks from 50 yards or more out so like the 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 guts that it took for this guy I know he's indoors I know he knows this building and the elements aren't at play here but to know how confident he was to go for that kick and say I can make this not it's gonna go short and whoever the Giants have back might be able to return this for a touchdown and then the game would end that way you've got to really give him a lot of credit because he's been through a lot of ups and downs in Minnesota he was there when I started when I was covering the team during the 2021 season and to see just how good he continues to be because I remember hearing during training camp you were hearing stories of wow he's kicking from 50 yards out off the tee in training camp practice can we actually see this enter into a game at some point it has it hasn't always worked but on Saturday when the Minnesota Vikings you know fixed their way into becoming 12 and 3 on the season Greg Joseph was the main reason for that taking a 27-24 final for the Minnesota Vikings this is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN radio and the ESPN app coming up next how much blame does Tua deserve for the Dolphins loss that's next after SportsCenter Court in the corner over to Casey. Live basketball comes out to Jokic. Gotta shoot it, Joker. Voter. Yeah! Denver by six in overtime. What a clutch player the Tola Jokic is. Oh my god. Altitude Sports Network on the call. Nuggets big man Nikola Jokic went for 41 points, 15 boards, and 15 dimes as West leading Denver held off the Suns 128-125 in overtime. Jokic's 41 points were the most ever in a triple-double on Christmas Day as he joined Oscar Robertson and James Harden as the only players with a 40-point, 15-rebound, 15-assist game on December 25th. LeBron James says life without Anthony Davis is very difficult. The Lakers star, the Lakers lost their fourth straight game without four-time all-NBA big man Anthony Davis as the Mavericks posted a 124-115 home win. Addressing reporters afterwards, James said the Lakers lose a lot of strength without their big man and making up for that, certainly a challenge. And Baker Mayfield led the Rams to a convincing 51-14 win over the struggling Denver Broncos in a game in which Los Angeles didn't punt. Mayfield completed 24 of 28 passes for 230 yards and two touchdowns while setting a Rams single-game completion percentage record at 86%. SportsCenter is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of those rare times where you can save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com.
Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and also live right now on ESPN2. The guys are off this week. Happy holidays to you and yours. Happy Kwanzaa beginning today. For those of you who still have the Christmas hangover, that's okay. Just come hang out with us here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. As always, we are presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Let us know what you think about the Week 16 slate of games. What's your biggest takeaway from the NFL and the NBA? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And someone we're going to tap in in with now to let us know what he thinks about the Week 16 slate. Our good friend, ESPN football analyst Dan Orlovsky, joining us on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Dan, I want to start with this Packers-Dolphins game and seeing the tale of two Tua's, first half and second half, and how much blame. Well, first off, let's start, let's start with that second half before we get to the blame factor. What happened to him in the second half? Because it felt like he was locking in on receivers that either weren't there, trying to throw to certain spots. Did something break within him as a quarterback <laughs> after seeing how good he played in the first half? Yeah, I mean... I think the overall picture, Courtney, is that fourth quarter would scare me if I was the Dolphins when it comes to the future. Like, that would give me pause as well as he had played this year. I think the reality is, so Tua has this great ability to pre-snap know where the ball should go. And he has a pretty good predetermined thought of, if I move this defender, there's going to be this giant window. And he does a phenomenal job of using his eyes. And what happened in the first three quarters and what's happened for the great majority of this year is defenses listen. They, they move to where he looks. And in the fourth quarter, they stopped listening. And they, they, they started playing a little bit more disciplined, but he wasn't. they weren't buying the lie of where he was looking. And that's what led to those really three late turnovers. I don't necessarily hate the decision on the final one. I just don't like the throw by Tua, which is abnormal for him because... If he throws that ball on high up up high to Kaseki to the sideline, it's going to be a completion. But um, this started to show a little bit in San Francisco, a little bit, um, not as much as against L.A. and a little bit versus Buffalo, where defenders, right when two is catching the snap and where his initial look is, they don't listen anymore, and he's going to have to get back to kind of reading the defense rather than moving the defense. Um, it, but but that fourth quarter would give me a little pause. But Dan, I got to ask you, from a, you played the quarterback position in the National Football League at a very high level, right? So knowing Tua just threw those three interceptions and knowing coming into the season, you know, there was a confidence issue, right? Seeing the last three or four games that they've played, do you think those three interceptions can kind of, you know, take a dip, put a dent in his confidence moving forward? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, Harry, I'll be honest with you. One of my notes coming off the game was Tua's too confident. You know, like, and that goes back to uh, every guy's going to be open. Like, as long as I move this guy, we're going to have this gashing hole. And and coming off of, you know, that game yesterday where they've got the lead, he throws those three late fourth quarter interceptions, I could absolutely see him being maybe he's going to be a little bit more timid. Uh, Maybe he'll be a little bit less aggressive. Now, you could sit there and say, well, Dan, you're saying he was overly aggressive and that's what hurt him. Sure. But you also lose the, you know, the superpower for Tua or what he does so well is throwing guys open, throwing with great anticipation, seeing things before they happen. That takes aggression to do it. And you don't want him to rein that back in too much. Um, 
So yeah, it, you know, with the must win with, with that lead at home, um, it, I, I hope it doesn't, uh, and it's going to be take a great coaching job by Mike McDaniel. But that could have some, neg- some negative impact for sure. We're talking with Dan Lorlovsky, ESPN football analyst, joining Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas here on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. So this Jacksonville Jaguars team, we know what the storyline has been around Zach Wilson, but there's some positive news, uh, you know, for coming off this win that Jacksonville had uh, on Thursday about where they sit right now in the AFC South. Yeah. They currently are the four seeds. So I know that Tennessee is going down at the wrong possible time. I don't think Houston's doing much either. But do you believe in this team? to actually be part of a playoff run, like a deep playoff run, considering how they've played the last couple weeks and how they got themselves into this spot as the four seed. Yeah, deep playoff run, they'd have to play their A game and the team that they played against, you know, like a Cincinnati, a Buffalo, a Kansas City would have to play their B type of game. I'd say this, so I, I like three weeks ago, I went to our NFL live producer, Mark Eisman. I was like, Mark, I just can't quit the Jags. Like, I, I just, it, it just, some, they're starting to play so well. And um, I think that what's happening is you're seeing not only Trevor put it all together, but Travis Etienne, the perimeter pieces, their offensive front, um, their defensive front is, you know, we did something on live this past week with Marcus about their defensive line. Can they go on a deep playoff run? So, you know, you have a head coach that's been a part of that. That helps, and that matters. You have a quarterback that's who's, who's lightning hot right now and ultra confident. That matters. They've got pieces, and Harry can probably speak to this a little bit as well. They have their pieces on offense that just do their roles. You know, like, it's, it's just a very specific... They don't ask Evan Ingram to be a route runner. They don't ask Zay Jones to be a get-the-ball-in-your-hands guy. They don't ask Christian Kirk to go win on the perimeter one-on-one. They Everybody has a very specific role that they ask their guys to be in, and they're very talented in their defense. So, um, I, I think they win the division, which is a phenomenal story, and I don't know... Um, if a team that has had the number one pick has ever gone to the playoffs in that season, which would be an incredible accomplishment for them. Well, Dan, I would even say a team that had back-to-back number one picks, right? Because right? remember, Trevor Lawrence was, was the, the one first sure. pick the previous year. Sure. But I love what you, I, I love what you mentioned about everyone doing their job, and when you have everyone that understands their assignment and does yeah. their job. You don't need superstars all over the place. You just need guys that can be consistent yep. and make the plays when they're presented to themselves. And then next year, I will say this. Their team, the people I don't better watch out for next year because they're going to add a Calvin Ridley to that, who they got via trade from the Atlanta Falcons. So that's another weapon offensive-wise. But I've got to ask you, man, the state of New York, right? Any sports team, not everyone could play in the state of New York. And saying that, Zach Wilson, the New York Jets, is it safe to say – you know, the Jets need to go ahead and cut ties from him and move forward with their organization? Yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson seems to be done in New York. Unless, Harry, here's the... Let's look at the realistic ways where Zach Wilson is not done in New York. Somehow, Mike White is unable to play again this week, and Zach Wilson plays the best game of his career. That's the... That's the only real option. Because of what has gone on both on the field and off the field this year. And here's the other truth. And 
This is the cold, hard reality of this business, and you and I know it because we were in it relatively well, and Courtney covers it, so she knows it. Next year is going to be an enormous year for Robert Sala, their head coach, and Joe Douglas, their GM. And there's no way that those guys go into a, hey, we got a chance to be absolute playoff football team and building for our future with Zach Wilson. So it's going to have to be them make. And, and if I'm Joe Douglas, I can't go timid. I got to go make some form of a splash at the quarterback spot because they're too good and going to be too talented next year to just think they can get it right with Zach Wilson. So, yeah, I, I think Zach Wilson's done in New York unless this week the miracle, Christmas miracle happens somehow for the Jets. Dan, before we get you out of here, how hot are the seats in Denver from cool to oh blazing gosh. fire? I, there's The reality is this. They're going to fire their coach, and they have no choice but not to. But, and I had this conversation with a family member yesterday. I got into a fight with him about it. I don't think it's out of the realm to sit there and say, should we just move on from the quarterback? And I know, Dan, that's so dumb. You can't because you can. And now it's awful. You're not going to be good next year unless Russell somehow. Because here's the reality. Who wants that job? What coach is like that you think that coach is the guy to get Russell Wilson back and to fix Russell Wilson? Well, there's not that many of them. Okay? And then you, who wants that job? You're going to go to a place that has no draft capital, a quarterback that has played awful this year, um, a defense that is good and young, but it, it, what's the locker room? Does the locker room feel that Russell? I mean, I just think that has become such an awful situation that I don't think you're picking from the greats of head coaching candidates next year. An awful situation, very expensive set of decisions that are coming up here for the Denver yeah. Broncos brass in the offseason. He is Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, joining Courtney Cronin and Harry Douglas here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Dan, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You too. We're, we're going to get into what Dan said coming up here next, how hot that seat is for Nathaniel Hackett for George Payton, maybe even for quarterback Russell Wilson. That's coming up next here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Denver Broncos have averaged just under 18 points per game over the last two seasons, which ranks 31st in the NFL. One of those seasons is with quarterback Russell Wilson, who was brought in via a trade this offseason and paid $135 million in total guarantees on his contract for a team right now that remains with four wins. They got whooped 51-14 on Sunday in the nightcap game or the middle afternoon game on the Christmas Day slate. It's not looking good for the Denver Broncos now, and it is not looking good for that organization going forward. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and live on ESPN2. Courtney Cronin, Harry Douglas with you in place of the guys this morning. So, Harry, we had Dan Orlovsky on moments ago, and we asked him, how hot is are the seats for George Payton, for Nathaniel Hackett, maybe even for a Russell Wilson in Denver? Give us your heat index. Here's Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst moments ago the reality is this they're gonna fire their coach and they have no choice but not to but and i had this conversation with a family member yesterday i got into a fight with him about it i don't think it's out of the realm to sit there and say should we just move on from the quarterback and i know dan that's so dumb you can't because you can and now it's awful you're not gonna be good next year unless russell somehow because here's the reality who wants that job? What coach is like that you think that coach is the guy to f- get Russell Wilson back and to fix Russell Wilson? Well, there's not that many of them. So Dan's laying out the scenarios there, and it does feel pretty obviously. And we're not calling for anybody's jobs, but you know we can read the writing on the wall. Harry, you played in the NFL. I've been covering the league for ten years. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility to believe that those conversations are ones that Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett's already having and that he knows he's probably on the way out after two games. But the option there, the nuclear one, the one that would blow up everything that they just put in place in Denver would be to part ways with Russell Wilson following this season, which is hard to wrap your head around when you consider what the finances look like for this guy, somebody they gave that mega deal to to hamstring themselves to Russell, thinking that they could get the Seattle Seahawks old Super Bowl version of Russell Wilson now, and it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen. So let me read you this figure. And and tell me what you think this billion-dollar ownership group would do. Remember, they just sold this past offseason. It was the most lucrative deal in NFL history for an NFL ownership group buying a team. If you were to get rid of Russell Wilson next year, the dead money you incur is $107 million. Do you do it? No. Um, it depends on the mindset of the ownership group. And, and I say that because it is, Courtney. 
We do have a history of teams, you know, when they haven't got, you know, the quarterback position right via free agency, via the draft, that still try to stick and make things right when they know it's not there. It's kind of a situation that the New York Jets are in right now as well, but it's uh, minus all the money that they have invested in Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos, right? For the New York Jets, they got to make a decision like, you know what, were we wrong with Zach Wilson? Do we need to move on? For the Denver Broncos and their management, they need to still figure that out as well. But it's different because you have so much money tied into it. And I'll say right now, you look at the Atlanta Falcons and their team and them trading Matt Ryan, right? And them trading Julio and all the money that they had, that money that they have on the books right now. And you still see that football team competing week in and week out. It's easily five or six games that the Atlanta Falcons could have won right now to the point that the NFC South isn't even a question. They didn't do it, but the moral of the story is that they cut ties with some of their big name players um, via trades and they're doing just fine now. Now they got some more pieces they got to build around, uh, but they have some young talent. Do I think the Denver Broncos can do that right now with the quarterback position with the lack of draft capital? I don't think so. But if it was any other situation in which the way Russell Wilson is playing this year and you don't have the money involved, you don't even you, it's not even a question that he's not back there next year. The fact that he has so much money involved, I think they would probably potentially give him one more year. And if it goes uh, downhill in two years in a row, I think that's when you really have to cut ties. Yeah, because at least if you have next year, you don't have Nathaniel Hackett in theory around Russell Wilson because he's the scapegoat for the quarterback right now. Yep. At that point, if it's a new head coach and the same quarterback and same issues are popping up, you have nobody but to blame but this quarterback. And I think the amount of draft capital they gave up to get Russell Wilson in the folds. So remember, they traded Drew Locke, who's with the Seahawks, uh, tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round picks in 2022, which was the ninth overall, and 2023. Two second-round picks as well as a 2022 fifth-round selection to the Seahawks, um, and this just it, this is this is a not this is it was a monumental trade. It might have been the biggest trade in NFL history, particularly at the time that it went down, Harry. When you're evaluating this thing, saying, "Wow, they got their guy." The new ownership group was coming in. We knew that they had everything set up to contend in at least on paper in the AFC West because that's a league where you have to have quarterbacks to do so. We see it every year with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert is making strides to become that guy for the Los Angeles Chargers. Derek Carr has been a good quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Whether they keep him or not, that's kind of moot at this point. You needed a quarterback to contend among the breast of your division, and even with the quarterback, they haven't been able to do that whatsoever. So it's just disappointing the way that this whole thing has gone down, Harry, and I feel like going forward, they're going to have to ask themselves some very tough questions because like you and I talked about previously, I don't yep. think it's off the off the table for Nathaniel Hackett to be out after this year and for general manager George Payton, the man who hired Nathaniel Hackett to be out this year as well, considering he's the one who brought him in. Coming up next, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More of your calls on the other side of this. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.